Are you ready to build a business with consistent income and have time left to spend with your family? In Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, you will learn the strategies to create exactly what you want in your business and in your life. Now, here's your host, Kathleen Reeson. Welcome to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, and I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and we're here on Inspired Choices Network, and I know Every single week, I say, guys, we have the best show yet, and I have a little secret for you today. So we are talking with a guy who is building the business of wellness, okay? He's working on actually creating this space where companies get to create wellness cultures. And so I say the, this guy purposefully because this guy, he's run multiple small businesses. He's uh, been in the wellness industry for quite a while, and also, by the way, He's my husband. <laughs> so when we were talking before the show, we said, oh, Kathleen gets to be the boss today and ask questions. And he laughed because, hey, I get to be the boss every day. So we may even get into what's it like to work with your spouse? What's it like to uh, be two entrepreneurs in the same household? Like, really, we should probably ask our kids about that because we also have three sons. And so it's really an interesting experience. So we may go into all of that today, but I know for sure we're going to have fun. So I'm going to introduce you to Josh Reeson. Josh, are you there? Yes, I am. Hello. Awesome. Okay, thanks for joining us, Josh. So let's start out. First of all, let's just talk about what you're doing right now. So talk about CoreBuilt and what that is. So everybody knows the baseline. What are we creating now? Yeah, so we're creating a wellness uh, a wellness company that is really focused on small to medium-sized employers and bringing a wellness culture to their organization. Uh, and we're doing that through a lot of different ways. Um, so one of the challenges that we see, you know, especially right now with COVID, um, is you know, there's a lot of, lot of people out there that are, you know, they're working from home, they're sitting in chairs for a long time, they're not getting out of their house. Um, or, you know, maybe they are going to the office, but, uh, you know, lots of different challenges in their lives. And so getting to a physical uh, gym or, you know, getting out to do exercise is becoming a, a real challenge. And so um, we are creating an opportunity for people to have access to fitness classes and nutrition and uh, wellness and mindfulness uh, yoga uh, and it's all streamed live to them. They can do it basically anywhere that they want to. Um, they can do it, you know, at their homes. They can do it at their offices. Uh, you know, they could do it in a parking lot somewhere. They could do it outside because uh, we're streaming to their phones. We're streaming to their TVs. Um, and then we also build the community around it. So we're able to, you know, work with those people to get them into a place where, you know, wellness is something that is on top of their mind all the time. Um, and, you know, God forbid that something happens and they do catch, you know, COVID or some other disease, um, we can put them in a better spot um, to be able to survive that uh, because they've, they've been focused on their own wellness. So tell me, because I know when you were launching this idea, you were initially thinking a consumer focus, like going directly to the consumer. What shift occurred in you to open up that space where you were going to actually go through the businesses and build the business culture and that piece? Yeah. So for me, um, my own journey actually started with a, uh, a wellness culture at the company that I was at a long time ago. 
Um, there's a large publishing company uh, called Meredith Corporation. They publish some of the largest magazine titles. They own uh, TV stations, so on and so forth. And they're really kind of known as uh, somebody told me the other day, they're like, they're the Ferrari of wellness programs. Um, you know, and so when I went there back in uh, 2009, I started a new job there. And uh, I really was not that healthy when I went there. Um, I wasn't super fat. I wasn't like majorly overweight or anything. I'd never been the quote unquote fat kid. Um, but I just, you know, I had a health risk assessment and I wasn't in the best shape. Like all the numbers that shouldn't have been high were high uh, and all the numbers that shouldn't have been low were low. And so that just kind of you know, got me started and saying, okay, I, I get to turn this around. I get to do something different. And it was so amazing because all of the people around me kind of had the same perspective. Um, and that's where I, I started to learn the wellness culture. You know, it wasn't just a program where we had, you know, a couple of things where we had to do to get insurance discounts or those types of things. Um, but it was really about creating activity and creating, uh, you know, mindfulness and just, you know, being, being well all around. Um, and I realized that, you know, if it wouldn't have been for that particular, uh, company and my particular experience there, I probably never would have been on this wellness path. And, you know, I, at the time we had about 3,500 employees. And so I could see, you know, the, the vast impact that that one single, uh, that one single uh, program had with everybody in the company. And so, you know, as I started thinking about, well, how can we make the biggest ripple here? How can we create wellness the fastest? Um, you know, and going after individuals, going after a consumer market, you know, that's, that's all great. And there's a lot of players in that space right now. Um, you know, there's been a lot of startups. There's a lot of, you know, AI technologies, you know, there's the Pelotons of the world, so on and so forth. And, you know, those places, those, those companies all have their place and, you know, people can enjoy those things. But for us to really make a huge impact uh, right out of the gate, you know, without having a multi-million dollar budget to go after, you know, advertising and marketing and PR, um, we realized that we got to go to employers and say, hey, you know what? We can actually help you save money. We can help you build a return on your investment. We can help you build the company in the future if your employees are well and engaged. You know, and that also has an incredible impact in terms of, you know, the wellness of the employees, their families, uh, and then the people around them. So when we talk about the ripple effect, we can make a much, much bigger ripple um, by going to, you know, one employer that maybe has, you know, say 300 employees. So think about 300 employees in and of itself. That's a that's a good chunk of people. Um, but then let's talk about you know their spouses, their kids, their friends, uh, extended family, and what kind of impact we can make there. And that's where we talk about that ripple effect, and it just keeps growing and growing and growing. So what do you say to the people that you know, especially having been at, at Meredith, the company you're referring to, and uh, what do you say to the people that are I don't want my employer to be all up in my health. What's that about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's a that's an objection that we get a lot of times when we come to the enrollment process of this. And when I talk about the enrollment process, I talk about, you know, actually getting the employees involved in the programming. Um, and really that comes down to a much deeper layer with the employer and it's a trust level. Um, so if there's something there that has, that the employer um, has done to violate the trust of the employee, 
um, if they feel like they're being forced into something, um, then that tends to come up a lot more because they're like, oh, no, I, you, you can't be involved in my personal life. This is my business life. Well, yes, and that's where we really focus on the enrollment piece of it and creating opportunities for people to see why this is so important and that it is not a self-serving thing for the employer. Um, you know, are there going to be benefits for the employer? Absolutely. But ultimately, we want to create a culture where the employees feel like they're being taken care of. You know, their, their interests are top of mind for their, for their employers. And, you know, honestly for us, we want to make sure that we're aligning our company values with the values of our partners. And, you know, if we go into a partner and they're very much self-serving and they only want to get out of it, um, you know, a financial benefit, then it's probably not the right fit for us. We want to make sure that, you know, this is being uh, put in place for a lot of different reasons. And, you know, king of those reasons gets to be that they're taking care of their employees um, and that they're making sure that their employees are well. And then also looking at saying, okay, if I've got well employees and my employees are engaged in the, in the organization, then we can actually think about how we're growing and we can talk about, you know, what the future looks like. And then also, you know, it reduces the sick days, it reduces the presenteeism, all this other stuff that could go along with it. I hear you've created this from the business side, but then there's an, also a consumer component. Why don't you talk a little bit about that consumer component? Yeah, so we actually decided, um, like you said, originally we thought of this as a consumer business. Um, and then we shifted into taking this into a wellness, a corporate wellness business. Um, but then as we were doing that, we realized that, you know what, we're already producing all of this content and it could be very easily um, be presented to individuals. So let's say that maybe there's a maybe there's a small company out there of say you know 10 to 15 employees, um, and you know that's not um, typically where we would be working on an employee wellness basis. We we really need like 50 plus employees to make it worth uh, the worthwhile for the employer and for us. Um, but we also know that we can have a huge impact on those people um, when they have access to this kind of content. And so we've actually created a consumer angle where people can subscribe individually to our programming uh, and they can participate in all of our, uh, our classes, our live events, our challenges, our coaching, the community, all sorts there. So it really just provides an opportunity for um, people from you know, all different sizes of companies and all different walks of life to be able to have access to quality content. Yeah, so I want to dig into some of these. I've got some questions for you on how you got into this space. And before we do, like, for anybody that's interested in Corbell, like, right now, how do they get a hold of you? What is, if they're saying, you know what, I don't know exactly what's going on, or yes, I want this, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, just go to corebuiltwellness.com, corebuiltwellness.com. Uh, and you'll find uh, some information about our company and what we offer there. Um, and we're also building that out. We keep building that out. We're going to be adding more resources in there for employers as well um, and, and for individuals. But uh, just to look at how you actually build a wellness culture in your company. And if you're just starting out, 
um, you know, as a, a new business, um, it's something that you really get to consider um, as you build it from the ground up. You know, how do you incorporate wellness uh, just in the overall culture of the company? Yeah, okay, so I, I hear all this. And uh, one of the things that I want to ask you is, here we talk about the spark of the idea. And so you shared how you really got started, but let's even look beyond that because I, I do believe that we have a through line in everything that we do. So everything that we create, there's always this through line. So for you, like you were at Meredith and then let's let's talk you left Meredith and then what? Yeah, well I left Meredith um because we actually had some uh some physical gyms. Uh, that we that we had purchased about a year before, um, and so I got into that from a full time basis, um, and really just you know kind of working through those. And um, you know as as COVID hit uh, in you know March of this year, things really just aligned. Uh, but it certainly wasn't the first time that I had thought about doing this. Um, we started to see a trend uh, probably about a year and a half, two years ago, where uh, Consumers were wanting more of a, a hybrid approach, like, okay, I maybe want to be in the gym two or three days a week, um, but I also want to have access to my classes, uh, be able to work out at home or somewhere else that um, is going to give me more flexibility. And so that had been something that we had been working on anyway. Um, and our goal was, you know, by the end of 2020, to be able to have a true hybrid uh, ability to be able to offer you know, both in-person uh, classes and coaching to our, to our members, um, but also give them access to quality content that they could do anywhere at any time. Um, and then as, you know, the, the COVID situation started to really come about, um, we started to see all these frightening numbers from a, an employer standpoint. You know, people are actually working 15 to 17% more hours right now in COVID um, than they were pre-COVID. People aren't taking vacations. People are getting burnt out. People are stressed, um, you know, not just because of the work that they're doing at their employer, but, you know, everything else that's going on in the world. Um, and so, in you know, over the last few years, as the, the employment market had really tightened up, you know, when we had, like, say, you know, three or, you know, less than 4% unemployment, um, there were a lot of employers that started to offer wellness programs uh, just to attract talent and to keep talent. Well, the problem with a lot of those was is they were just kind of put together um, as, a, as a benefit to go on the employment page of their website. But, uh, you know, the, uh, a lot of those, don't, you don't actually see much of a return on investment. Um, and so we're coming in looking at this really from a wellness culture perspective um, instead of just a wellness program perspective. And so it's just, you know, those ideas started sparking with our group and uh, we started talking about it and people were like, yeah, this, this makes a lot of sense. Okay. So we've, we can hear this this theme of this through line and how everything happens and it's beautiful. And I, I've got a few more questions I want to dig in a little bit more, but we're going to go on a quick break. So we are, you are listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson on Inspired Choices Network. And we've got guest Josh Reeson, who happens to be my husband, on the show as well. And we're going to come back here in just a second and continue our conversation. Talk to you in a second. Building a business is a lot like baking a cake. There are certain ingredients that can't be missed. 
By listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Neeson, you will learn the five key steps that every great business utilizes. You will hear from successful entrepreneurs that will share what works and what doesn't work in their businesses. You will have an opportunity to ask questions so you can apply these steps directly to your business. Host and business coach Kathleen Reeson built seven successful businesses while raising three boys, volunteering extensively, and having some time left for her husband and herself. Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, and she will show you how you can build the business and the life you dream of, too. Are you ready? Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson Radio Show every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and we're here on Inspired Choices Network. And before the break, we were talking with Josh, who happens to be my husband, and we were talking about what it was like uh, to really launch this idea. It started with an idea, and then it grew into this incredible uh this this business and it's happening. And so what Josh, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. So let's talk about uh can you explain kind of your path of really like did you ever want to be a business owner? Did you think that was your path? Yeah, I think in the back of my mind I always had uh the thought that I was going to be a business owner. Yeah. So just just talk a little bit more about that, uh, and because I know there was some hesitation for you. Well, of course, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I had basically been getting a paycheck from uh, my employer for my entire life, and um, you know, jumping off and saying, "Okay, well, I'm going to be 100% responsible now for my uh, financial uh, well-being," uh, is that's you know, that's really scary. And, uh, you know, not knowing if you're going to make it or not. Um, and then there's a lot of people around you, you know, whatever you say, well, I'm going out on my own or, you know, starting my own company, whatever it is. They're like, oh, okay, well, if that doesn't work out, you know, you can always go back. And, you know, even my mom said that to me several times. And, you know, that's just, it just kind of adds to that, like, that doubt that's in your head that, you know, maybe I'm going to make it or more likely I'm going to fail. Um, you know, when you look at the fail rate of most small businesses, you know, in the first five years, um, the statistics definitely are not in your favor. Um, so there's, you know, you got to have, you got to have faith and confidence in yourself to be able to do that. 
Yeah, so talk about that and what that was like, that confidence. Have you always had it? Or tell me more about I know that you wavered on that. So just tell me what that's like. Uh yeah, no, I haven't uh, always had that confidence. And, I, I, you know, I'd be lying if I said that I had it um, consistently. You know, I've been out on my own now for uh, a little over six years. Uh, and there are certainly days where it's just like, oh, my gosh, what in the world am I doing? Um, I am I'm going to fail. I, I don't know. I'm not sure that I can make this work. Um so, you know, really the, the confidence piece comes from knowing that there are going to be certain pieces of the business, business that won't work. And that's okay. And that's part of the process that you get to go through. Um, because otherwise, if you don't fail, you're not playing big enough. Um, because there, there are going to be plenty of times where you have an idea and you think it's going to work out really well and maybe it's just the most phenomenal idea in the world and you've got a vision for exactly how it's going to work. And then when it actually comes to fruition, you're like, this, this isn't what I thought it would look like. And, you know, just because it doesn't look exactly like you think it will doesn't mean that it's necessarily a bad idea or a failure. A lot of times fantastic things come out of that. Like, I'll give you an example um, I am, you know, I, I worked on, um, this, on building this business. I, you know, and Kathleen, I had sat down with you, um, earlier in the year. I think it was, you know, maybe around like February, March sometime. And we had talked about this vision that I had for building this out. And it just didn't work financially. Like it, we just couldn't figure it out. And so I kind of tabled it for a little bit. And um, I, was, I was a little bit let down because I thought, oh, man, this was such a great idea. I had this, this cool, cool experience that I was going to be able to provide for people. And, you know, I think people are going to be really excited about this. Um, and I just, you know, I just couldn't make the numbers work on it. But I didn't let that end at all because it was still there. The idea was still there. It was still important uh, to be able to execute this. And so... Um, it just that's where that's where I hit that shift of like, oh, okay, well, it makes more sense to go through the employers because from a cost structure standpoint, it's a lot less expensive for me to go sell one-on-one -on -one to an employer who already has a, a base of people that are going to be willing and, and able and wanting to participate in this programming um, versus me going out and picking off one by one uh, in the consumer market. So the numbers make a heck of a lot more sense. Yeah, so I I love that you bring this up. I, talk about from your perspective. I, so I was an entrepreneur, and then you came in entrepreneurship, and so that piece of uh, I, I you, when you mentioned that you talked with me about the idea, and it just didn't seem like it was going to be the right fit. Like, how does it work when your spouse is also an entrepreneur? Obviously, I have a thought on this, but I want to hear yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, well, I think we, we get to go back a little bit here because, you know, when you decided that you wanted to go out on your own and be an entrepreneur, uh, that was a really scary spot for me. Um, you know, I am naturally less uh, or I'm, I'm more risk-averse than you are, um, but, you know, you decided that you were going to go out and be an entrepreneur when you were six months pregnant with our first son, and, you know, we were at that time relying on both of our incomes to – we were, you know, a young young couple, 
And I remember exactly where we were in the kitchen when you told me that you were going to do this. And I'm like, what? Really? Like, seriously? <laughs> you know? Um, and I remember having that, that moment where I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, how is this going to work? Um, you know, what if, what if it doesn't work out? And, uh, so, but, you know, you tend to have a lot of confidence in the ability to move things forward, <laughs> um, regardless of what's, what's possibly standing in your way. And so, you know, you did it and you were successful and, uh, you know, you, you did that, uh, you're still doing that. Um, but, you know, you've been in that space now for, you know, well over a decade and, it took me a lot longer to say, okay, yeah, you know what? I, I think I could do this and we could be a, a quote unquote two entrepreneur family. Um, you know, and I think some of the struggles that go with it are that, you know, yeah, there are a lot of unknowns and there is a lot of risk that you take on. Um, you know, we don't have a, a, an employer giving us a paycheck or, you know, employer sponsoring our health insurance. Um, you know, it's 100% on us. And, you know, there are days where it seems like the businesses are going really well. And that's great because you get to have uh, those victories. You get to celebrate. And then there are days where, you know, maybe one business is doing well and the other business isn't doing well. And, you know, those get to be challenging. And the most challenging days are when both businesses maybe aren't doing uh, exactly how we want them to be doing. And, uh, you know, it's a it's not necessarily a measurement of our skills as a business owner, uh, as business owners and entrepreneurs. It's really a test of our relationship and our resolve and our, uh, our, our mindfulness um, and being able to know that there, it, there's, there's more to it. There's more to our relationship than just having the, uh, being entrepreneurs and being businesses, those aren't who we are. Um, and you have to remember at the center of all of it is love for each other. Um, you know, and I would say that that's the case, not just in a, a husband and wife partnership, but uh, if you have a business partner of any sort, you've got to know what your relationship is actually made of because it's not on a P&L, it's not, uh, you know, in business transactions, it's not in a, a boardroom meeting or whatever it is. You've got to know the strengths and the challenges that you have in your, in your relationship, first and foremost. Yeah, so many things are coming up for me uh, around that. And especially you and I, you, you mentioned uh, all the different layers of the business and how we get to be more than that. I think that's been the biggest growth area for us as as two entrepreneur or or like seven entrepreneur families how many <laughs> multiple businesses uh but really understanding like who we are individually and then as a couple and then you know with our kids and then with our family and especially you and I we made the choice to homeschool this year too uh which is you know a whole other element so we're playing a lot of different roles and one of the questions I asked you the other day, and I just I want to touch on it here because you and I approach things very differently, uh, and it's beautiful most of the time. But you know that my, <laughs> you know, let's just pause and laugh for a second. <laughs> okay, yeah. so here, Josh, you say you tell everybody how I approach things, and I'll tell everybody how you approach things. How about that? <laughs> 
Sure. So uh, my experience of your approach to most things is uh, it, it's, it, it's very similar to popcorn. You know, it's like, oh, idea, 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 idea. And it's all over the place. And, you know, it's like, it's like I'm, you know, I, I laugh because it's our, our little six-pound puppy um, stands by the popcorn maker whenever I get the popcorn maker out and tries to catch popcorn kernels that happen to like kind of bounce off the ball or the bowl. And that's how I feel sometimes. It's like, oh my gosh, okay, popcorn over here, popcorn over there, popcorn over here, popcorn, and I got to catch all of them. Uh, so that's my experience of how you approach most things. <laughs> this is great. Okay. And so my experience of how Josh thinks things is like, there are 15 popcorn kernels on the ground. Hmm, should I eat one of them? Well, okay, there's 15. That one looks good. That one looks good. Oh, the dog ate 14 of them. Okay, that's the one I'm going to eat. I'm going for it. Let's go. And so it's like, there's nothing wrong with either one of these. Like, here's the most beautiful thing is Josh and I are so strong in our relationship that we can both laugh about this, and, and we're probably on the extremes. Like, we both went to the extremes of – how we go through things, although I don't know, Josh, this is probably pretty accurate for me. I, I mean, I even asked you the other day, how do you maintain focus? The beautiful thing about uh, analyzers, which Josh falls more in an analyzer category, and I'm more in a promoter category, so if any of you guys know what we're talking about, we believe in a uh, operating systems, which really are four components. There's promoters, controllers, supporters, and analyzers. So there's a lot underneath that. We could do an entire show just on that, and the premise is that promoters tend to get, they're the ones that you, the life of the party. They're the ones that get people so excited and actually enrolled, where the analyzers are the ones that make sure that it actually happens, the details. So Josh and I are opposite on that. And what's beautiful about that is we're really complementary, except we both share a controller. So Josh, you talk, well, let's, you know what, we're going to dig into this. We're going to go on a quick break. And then like when we get, when we get back, let's dig into that and share what it's like when we both share that because entrepreneurs are, are people that really drive things forward. They've got to have a controller or things don't happen. If you're not in that controller space, we can't actually create because we sit and think about it. So we actually move forward. So when we get back from this break, we're going to talk about that. All right, guys, you listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson on Inspired Choices Network. Talk to you in a second. Building a business is a lot like baking a cake. There are certain ingredients that can't be missed. By listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Neeson, you will learn the five key steps that every great business utilizes. You will hear from successful entrepreneurs that will share what works and what doesn't work in their businesses. You will have an opportunity to ask questions so you can apply these steps directly to your business. Host and business coach Kathleen Reeson built seven successful businesses while raising three boys, volunteering extensively, and having some time left for her husband and herself. Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, and she will show you how you can build the business and the life you dream of, too. Are you ready? Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson Radio Show every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. Now, back to the program. 
Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson on Inspired Choices Network. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and today we're talking with Josh Reeson, who is building a core built wellness. It's, it's a company that's really building the business of wellness and supporting employers in creating these wellness initiatives and this wellness culture with their, within their companies. And bonus, Josh is my husband. So if you've been listening, you heard him just compare me to a six or six pound puppy who chases popcorn when it comes out of a popcorn machine. And I say that with a huge smile on my face because we're comparing how we both work, how we both think, and it's very different. And and Josh and I have learned how to embrace that so that we can move forward. And it works most of the time, <laughs> most of the time. And so that's the piece, especially with being in your spouse in, in entrepreneurship or in business or in life, in, in any of those spaces, we're going to run into times where we both want to move something forward and maybe it's in different ways. So Josh, do you want to talk about that when controllers kind of butt up against each other? You can talk about in our relationship or in life. Either way. Yeah, so in the the controllers, uh, you know, they they tend to be the ones that are always right. Uh they tend to be the ones that, you know, they they see things uh coming out a certain way and they're going to drive it forward and uh they do it come hell or high water. They just plow through it. And I remember, you know, when I was first learning about this uh, about these operating systems, you know, one of the comments was is controllers leave a path of destruction in their wake. And that is so true. Um, so, you know, controllers can be incredibly powerful and uh, can be a, a big piece of the overall success of a business or, you know, an event or relationship, whatever it is, because they move things forward. Um, and they can also be challenging to work with sometimes, especially if you get two challenger or two controllers to uh, work with each other because unfortunately uh, they both think that they're right and they both have a certain uh, perspective on what the outcome should be and so it causes a lot of times friction and um, you know it can it can really derail an entire project if they are not in alignment. Yeah, and and so it's beautiful to see. Like, there is no right or wrong. I know we've talked about this on the show before, but both could be right at the exact same time, just based on a different set, different paradigms. And so understanding what that means is so critical. And it's something that Josh and I, you know, we've addressed in our relationship to be like, well, we both could be right. And we both could be wrong. <laughs> it's okay. Uh-huh. Uh, so, so we can keep going down this path, but I, there's something that I really want to share about our stories that uh, we haven't talked about yet. So I'm going to bring that up and not to be the popcorn coming out of the popcorn popper, uh, but I really want to share, you've had some pretty critical points in your life where uh, you may not have moved forward. You, between cancer and rare medical diagnosis that we'll call histoplasmosis, let's talk about those experiences and what you learn from them. Yeah. Uh, so the well, I was I got really sick back in 2000 and what was it 2011. Um, and uh, we had just bought a new house and we're doing some landscaping outside. And I was I took a long weekend to tear things up and uh, kind of refurbish things on the outside of the house. And then uh, late one Sunday afternoon, I got I started to get really sick. I thought, oh gosh, you know, it's like a 
I had the flu forever, but it felt like the flu was coming on and it came on fast, you know, and I spiked the fever and my heart rate was, you know, super high. And, you know, that lasted that way for, you know, I don't remember the exact turn of events, but, you know, for a few days. And then finally, you know, he convinced me to go to the hospital and they, uh, fortunately, there were several different events that happened that uh, caused them to keep me, uh, check me into the hospital. And, um, you know, I, I spent the first, really about the first week that I was there undergoing a series of tests and, uh, you know, MRIs and all, I mean, all sorts of stuff. And they really couldn't figure out what was going on. They had no idea. Um, at one point they thought I had two esophaguses. Um, so go figure. But, um, they, uh, the, the surgeon came in and said, you know, um, I don't know what this is, but I'm willing to go in and explore. Um, I remember that very vividly. I don't remember a lot else, but, um, you know, at that point it was like, oh, okay, you know, there's, there's no protocol for this. Um, and so he did go in and explore, you know, he cut open the right side of my, my chest, uh, you know, right behind my rib cage. And I affectionately call it my shark bite now, but, um, he went in and basically chiseled out a whole bunch of calcified lymph nodes in my, in my chest. That was, it was up against the, the left ventricle of my heart. It had wrapped itself around my esophagus. Um, and so he was able to repair most of that. You know, he took some, the muscle tissue and wrapped it around my, my esophagus and repaired me and sewed me back up. And, um, so I've spent about another week in the hospital, um, recovering. And, uh, you know, then it was a slow road to recovery. Um, it took me probably another, you know, really six months or so before I started feeling close to my, my normal self again. Um, but, you know, during that process, you know, I was, I was in the hospital, I was drugged up all the time. And, you know, there were, there were certainly moments where I was like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I, I don't know that I'm going to make it. And, you know, we had a, uh, we had a young, young family. We had a two-year-old and a four-month-old at the time. And, um, you know, that was, that was the, the key reason why I kept fighting um, because I knew that I wanted to be there for them uh, as a father. Um, so, you know, fortunately I made it through that and, um, you know, that was actually one of the, one of the experiences that I had that led me to creating, uh, you know, being in the fitness space or being in the wellness space. Um, because when I was about ready to leave the hospital, the surgeon came in and said, you know, I've operated on a lot of people in my life. And, you know, he's a cardiothoracic surgeon. Most of the people that he operates on are, you know, severely overweight, you know, have lots of other underlying challenges. And he said, you know, because you were in such good shape, you survived this. I'm not sure that you would have if you, if you wouldn't have been in the shape that you're in. And, you know, that really hit home for me. And honestly, you know, I look at my, my experience with uh, the wellness programming at my employer, um, and that got my butt into gear and um, probably saved my life. Uh, if I wouldn't have been there uh, in that particular job doing that, then, you know, there's a really good chance that uh, I may not have survived that whole thing. I don't know. Um, and then fast forward, you know, a few more years. So about actually about two years, uh, almost to the date now, um, I had uh, I had testicular cancer as well. And, you know, honestly, that was one of the things like, I, I remember going into the doctor and, you know, getting, um, you know, starting the process with my, with my general physician and, um, you know, then going in and going to a couple tests and everything. And, and honestly, it wasn't even that hard. It was just like, oh, okay, I, I, I have cancer. Um, 
And so I went through that process, had surgery, um, but then started the chemo process. And the chemo process, I think, was was far worse than going through the initial phase of like, oh, you have cancer, you're going to have surgery. Um, the chemo process was just so challenging because, you know, you never really knew what days were going to be good days and bad days. And, you know, it becomes um, – it becomes a real mental challenge to be able to get through that because it's, you know, it's going on and on and on. Whereas, you know, the surgery and the recovery were pretty definitive times. It's like, okay, I know I'm going to do this. This is done. It's a pretty normal, you know, everyday procedure. Um, but the the chemotherapy just, you know, kept dragging on and on and on. And, you know, there were definitely times where I wanted to quit because I felt so crappy. I just didn't want to do it. Um, and, I would have likened that a lot to, you know, the the business side, you know, starting up a business. And you think about like, oh, I've got this great idea. And you get it started, it's moving. And then you start to kind of get into some of the challenges and the details of things as you start to execute and build things. Um, and there are days where you're like, oh, my gosh, is this even worth it? I just want to quit. Um, and you get to keep your vision, you know, close to your close to your heart so you know what you're working for um, so you can actually get through that. You know, in the case of me and cancer, um, you know, the thing that kept me going through it was ultimately my family and being able to know that I was going to be there for a long time for our kids and for you and, um, you know, not, not having to, uh, you know, leave this, this earth um, and, you know, not being able to be a part of uh, what what's going on. Yeah, and and so there's a couple different pieces of there. One of these being that the people that you surround yourself with are so important because when Josh just you just mentioned about chemo and the days you want to quit, I remember those vividly. I mean, I wrote about this in the book Joy and Uncertainty. So if you guys, if if this is at all interesting to you, it's there's a lot more details in the book and uh, the piece that when Josh wanted to quit, it was like, it didn't matter what he said. I knew deep down that he wanted that, that his goal was beyond this. It was beyond chemo and we got to get there. And so surround yourself with someone that says like, I see your vision and I don't care what excuse or how hard it is. I'm going to stand with you to get to the other side. And in life and in business, that is critical. Who you surround yourself with is a direct reflection of how far you can go. Yeah, I think it's really important. You know, this is where having a coach really, really is important and, and very supportive um, when it comes to when it comes to a startup um, and building something, or even once you're in an established company. I mean, you could be running a multi-million-dollar company. And there's still going to be – the challenges remain. You know, just because you're making more money doesn't mean that anything goes away. And, in fact, they probably intensify and grow. But being able to have somebody that sticks with you and, you know, really, really is there to, to hold your vision and um, be able to keep you accountable is the most important part. Um, I would liken it to, you know, when we look in the wellness space – you know, we would have a lot of people that come to us that say, hey, I want to lose 20 pounds or 30 pounds or whatever. That is the most common thing that people say when they, uh, when they come to uh, any sort of wellness or, or fitness space. They want to lose weight. Okay, well, the question is, why do you want to lose weight? You know, it's, you don't come in and say, I want to lose 20 pounds just because it's going to be fun. 
I've never had that happen. Uh, and ultimately, there's something else underneath it. It's like, okay, well, I, I want to get off my blood pressure medications, or I want to be able to climb the stairs without being able or without being winded, or, you know, I want to go out and play with my kids and not feel like I'm, you know, out of breath all the time. I want to be able to keep up, keep up with them. Whatever their why is, that is the same thing in business. So as you're building something, you get to understand what's underneath it. It's not just to go make money or, you know, just to build it to a certain size or whatever it is. What is it underneath that is really driving this forward? Because if you don't have that, you're not going to be able to drive it forward and do it effectively over the long term. But being open and uh, vulnerable with a coach is so important so they can understand that piece and they can hold you there when times get tough. Yeah, and so, you know, Josh, thank you for sharing the stories about your experiences. And, and the thing that we didn't talk about and that Josh and I obviously shared this experience, but in between those times that he was talking about, the time where he nearly died of this random disease uh, and then his cancer, our, our youngest son, Andrew, was born. And for the first year of his life, I mean, gosh, it was touch and go for almost the whole year. And while we were in those experiences, the ones that we described there, we also uh, were running how many businesses? Lots of businesses. Uh, we were volunteering the community. We were traveling a lot. I mean, there was just a lot going on. And in that case, it comes down to what's your intention to create. And if you're locked in on that, and if you've got people around you that are willing to support you, you'll get there. Otherwise, there will be things like that that will come up. Maybe not to the extreme that we're talking about, but stuff will come up. And it will, it, it very well, there's a reason that hardly anyone, if you look at the statistics, hardly any entrepreneurs make it to 10 years. And this, this is why. So we're going to go on a quick break and then we're going to, let's just, I've got a, one other area that I want to dig into. So guys, you're listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson on Inspired Choices Network. And we have guest Josh Reeson on here, my husband, and we'll be back just after this break. Building a business is a lot like baking a cake. There are certain ingredients that can't be missed. By listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, you will learn the five key steps that every great business utilizes. You will hear from successful entrepreneurs that will share what works and what doesn't work in their businesses. You will have an opportunity to ask questions so you can apply these steps directly to your business. Host and business coach Kathleen Reeson built seven successful businesses while raising three boys, volunteering extensively, and having some time left for her husband and herself. Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, and she will show you how you can build the business and the life you dream of, too. Are you ready? Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson Radio Show every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson on Inspired Choices Network, and we're talking with Josh Reeson, who's also my husband. And if you've been listening to the entire show, we talked about what he's up to with Corbett Wellness and how he got into that and some of these things that 
that really reinforced why he's in that business. And we've talked about what it's like to be in business with your spouse. And a lot of those things we talked about, it has a lot to do with who you are and, and how you relate to your spouse. So, Josh, uh, what I want to talk about kind of the last piece of this show is it's a space of, uh, you can even hear like my little hang up, like, ooh, do we really want to go into this? But one of the things that I want to address and is that entrepreneurs ought have a high rate of, of depression and anxiety. And so will you mm-hmm. just address that? Because I know that's something that, that you faced. Uh, we talk about that. Why is that? Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, we we live in a world uh, that is pretty. Uh, ooh, what's the word I want to use for it? I mean, it's 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 pretty defined, I guess. You know, we see the the typical American goes to a job um, on a daily basis. They work forty, fifty, sixty hours a week, whatever it is. Maybe they get a couple, three weeks of vacation. Uh, you know, get a, maybe if they're lucky, maybe get a two to 3% raise per year, maybe a bonus here or there. Um, you know, but the average American right now is, I mean, not, not really, you know, saving money. They're not, um, you know, very, very few of them are, are truly, um, that are, they're, they're truly, uh, financially sound and they're not even happy. You know, uh, the, so when you when you look at an entrepreneur who has a you know an idea um something that they want to create in the world and they have the guts to go out and do it already there are a lot of people around them that are saying oh this is never going to work or you know if this doesn't work you can always fall back on this and it's not that people are trying to be mean it's just that you know if if you're not an entrepreneur and you don't have those desires then you don't really understand what it's like to get out there. Um, you know, and, and people are trying to just be, you know, they're, they're trying to be nice, um, but it doesn't always come off that way. It, it comes off as like, hey, oh, yeah, well, you'll probably end up failing and you're just going to end up coming back to a job just like me. Um, so that's tough to get through to begin with, especially if you have people around you, you know, your family, friends, whatever, um, if they're not encouraging you. Um, but then once you actually get into it, uh, you are going to have failures. You will have things that don't work that, uh, the way that you want them to. And that can really start to eat away at you. And it's kind of like, you know, all of that starts to come back and haunt you. You know, people that, you know, when you started out saying, oh, yeah, you you won't be successful. You'll get back to, you know, getting your getting your paycheck, um, you know, 50% of small businesses fail within the first five years. Um, I think the statistic that I saw the most recently is only, I think it's like 20%, um, somewhere around 20% actually make it to 15 years or more. Uh, and those are pretty small numbers. So like I said, you're, the statistically, it's against you um, to be able to create something for the long haul. Um, you know, and then there's also the the space of loneliness that you feel a lot of times. Like, you know, if you don't have a really strong group of people around you um, that are playing at the same level as you, 
it can get extremely lonely. Um, even if you've hired employees and you've got people that are, you know, good at their jobs and, you know, really um, add value to, to the company, um, it's, it's different when you're paying them and you're giving them a paycheck um, versus them being on the line as well. Because now, you know, you're not only just balancing your own financial strength, you're, you're balancing theirs as well. Um, and so it becomes really challenging to, you know, you fight depression, you fight the anxiety, and it's, it's not easy. Yeah, and watching you, and now I see you in, in your strength and uh, really focused. And so can you, can you share maybe your top, like, two tips for somebody that may be in that space of, like, ugh, I, maybe my mindset is a little off or is this depression? What do they do? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the first thing to note is that um, in the end, you are not your business. You are not the idea that you created. Um, I, I mean, I just implore you to look at all of the people that have fundamentally changed the world, you know, and think about how many times that they have failed. I mean, Steve Jobs, um, and you can say what you want to about his management capabilities, but he failed miserably. He was kicked out of his own company, but he changed the world. He transformed the world. Um, and so you get to look at that, but then also you get to make sure that you know you're comfortable with who you are and you know what you're, what you're setting out to do um, because those are going to be the two components that are going to be the most powerful in uh, defining your success. Yeah, beautiful. And and we could talk for hours about this. And and Josh, we'll bring you back on here in the coming weeks so we can really dig in a little bit more because I think there's a lot of of greatness here just the things that we've been through that we can share for people that are in this creator space because you guys this is the beautiful spaces. Josh and I are open books about what we've been through. If there's if there's a space or in a way that we can support someone else that is in this creator space and sparking an idea and moving it into creation. So not just an idea, it's actually happening. That's what we're here for. That's, that's what I live for. Uh, and, and so that truly any questions that you guys have, be sure to let us know. Uh, we are going to, we're going to end this show here in just a few seconds, but guys, truly, you can find me on Profit Launch, Inspire Choices Network. Just ask any questions that you have. I'm so happy that you guys listen. Have a great Monday. We're on every Monday, so check us out next week. All right, bye. Thank you for listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Would you like to be on the show or do you have a show idea? Go to KathleenReason.com forward slash radio. Have a great week.